0: Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The first of 2021. 62 shows, 64 hours of program. I just don't understand the Texan love affair with the New England Patriots. Unless you bring Bill Belichick and Tom Brady with them, it's not the same. Get him out of here. Let this young man go have a fruitful career. Let him flourish somewhere else because he will not do it in Houston. Hey, man, he got to go, man. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Bill, so bring bring bike trail etiquette from Eddie Roberts. I always stay to the right. No. Devin Wade, if you've not been to the Houston Dog Show. The Houston Dog Show is a huge event. Well, your ass didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. No way. Doug Peterson was very lamonish
1: We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region.
0: Let it go out there today, baby. Three. Two,
1: one, and once five, again, eight, eight, eight. our mighty ship is back on
0: course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You Ladies and gentlemen, the star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast our second podcast of 2021. And we come to you at a different sort of time, sort of unplanned, uh, but things got kind of uh, pushed back and moved around, and that's okay, too, as we come to you during Super Wild Card Weekend on a Sunday as we speak. The Chicago Bears trail the New Orleans Saints 7-3. We already have one final in the books as the Baltimore Ravens Beat the Tennessee Titans. We'll get into some of that as we move a little bit forward. But welcome aboard. If this is your first time, want to encourage you guys to go to the Wade's word Productions.com website, WayswordProductions.com, and look around and subscribe to the email list. In addition to that, want to remind you guys to uh, to call the sports line. We have a 24 hour a day sports line, 832 941 6614 as we attempt to be even more interactive than we were in 2020 Uh, you can call and ask a question or leave a comment about anything and everything in the world of sports and also on social media the sports talk with devin wade page and group on Facebook, which is very interactive. A lot of folks chime in and post on that page. A lot of information, a lot of entertainment, a lot of good stuff on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. And finally, on Twitter at Wade's Word. So all of those ways are important ways to reach out to me also want to remind you there are great ways to support the show by subscribing and leaving comments on the various platforms. We are on pretty much all the platforms. I don't know of a platform that we're not on. We're on Spotify, iHeartMedia, TuneIn, uh, let's see, Apple Podcasts. So we're pretty much everywhere. So please subscribe and comment. And let folks know that you like what you hear on the podcast. And most importantly, these days, I have registered with LiberaPay. So you can go to LiberaPay and make a financial contribution. You can give a little bit per month. You can give any amount. You can give one time and one time only. Whatever contribution you feel comfortable giving, it helps us to continue to do the kind of work that we do. It's labor intensive. And it's also uh, there cost attached to being able to come to you as often as we like I, there are ways to do this in a more restrictive way for less but we want to make sure that we're unencumbered and we can come to you guys anytime and as much as we like and so again libera pay l-i-b-e-r-p-a-y and look for devin d-e-v-a-n wade or sports talk with devin wade with no spaces just sports talk with devin wade and you should be able to find it everything is done through paypal so it's safe and secure for you guys so So that is a way to really, really help us out. We need that help. We need that support at at this time. And, you know, it's always good to be on the ground floor. For you guys that give now, you are on the ground floor of uh, helping to build and expand. And obviously, I mean, we have uh, so many listeners already, but as we continue to grow, and we, you hope, of course, we hope we go national, more, have a more national footprint, or at least a, a more regional footprint, whatever. However we grow, we grow, and that's fine. But it'll be because of you guys and to be on the ground floor and make those contributions. I would imagine, and I'm sure it will will make you feel good to know that you're helping uh, this thing grow. So I really appreciate you guys, and I'll keep you abreast of what we have, uh, what kind of progress we're making. I don't post it publicly because, while some people just naturally, if they appreciate the product, they give because they want to give. Others, they'll look and they'll see, well, uh, he's not getting that much money. I'm not going to give. Or, man, he's getting all that. He don't need my little money. But so whatever whatever it is, it's for a, uh, uh, a worthy, worthy endeavor, we hope. Because we hope we entertain and inform you and continue to bring you different voices. We want to upgrade the quality. We want to be able to do more. And uh, the way to do that is we need a few more resources to make that happen. So, like I said, it, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. And wherever we go moving forward, you are part of uh, being an architect in building this uh, this podcast. So thank you. For those of you who have already given, and I'll have some incentives for those who give. And uh, as this thing rolls out, I'll have things that I uh, tokens of appreciation that we can give you guys. So that is a a big big deal. And again, I have not naming names yet, but there are folks who've given, and I'm really really grateful for that. And that'll allow us to do more as we move forward. So this time out, going to have a conversation with our guy King T. Terrence Harris. Had a chance to speak to him a couple of days ago didn't get that podcast up yesterday like we planned but I wanted to get it on before the Cleveland Browns game because he's a Clevelander and uh, he's that that's his town that's his team that's his city and uh, he's really really excited about not only the Cleveland Browns but Ohio State as well. I'm going to get on my soapbox cuz I did not comment enough on the insurrection at the nation's capital. Now I know this is a sports talk podcast but you know by now we've done a lot of different things. And when the world of politics invade the world of sports, which, I mean, this invades every aspect of our society in the United States of America. So, of course, I'm going to comment on that. You know, I kind of want to do more of that anyway. Y'all know. And if you don't want to hear that part, just zoom through it. <laughs> like It's not a problem, but there's a lot of sports content on it as well as we get into a little bit of uh, a few of the headlines, one headline for sure, and we'll look, talk a little bit about the playoffs and other stuff. So uh, we have that coming up, and we have a Lamont Award and a whole lot more. So let's get started with some headlines. <laughs> in headlines the news coming out of uh, the texans uh, camp is getting worse (laughs) as the settling in that the Texans just don't know what the hell they are doing. They hired Nick Casario as the general manager. He was a personnel guy, and I kind of characterized him as sort of the de facto GM. He, well, I mean, we know who calls all the shots. That's Bill Belichick in New England, but he was a prominent personnel guy for the Patriots, and it just was a very discouraging hire for. Deshaun Watson and for many of us who've been around that organization who do not I don't like the tone I don't like the the atmosphere I don't like the culture around the organization of or the Houston Texans but we thought okay but Bob McNair passed away and his son Cal has taken over he said a lot about Black Lives Matter and understanding and being connected with the players and and he was featured on some of the Uh, some of the television product produced by the organization for local television here in the city of Houston. And he talked to black players and he talked to guys, talked to Romeo Cornell and retired Texans and sort of set the tone. Oh, you know, we are, we're going to turn over a new league. We're going to be involved. We're going to be hands-on. We understand if they want to kneel, they can kneel. We're, we're, we're with them. And then you don't even, you don't even request an interview with Eric B. You don't even request an interview. And it's not like you have to fly him in and spend a whole day with him. You can do it by Zoom like everybody else. You wouldn't even interview him. So Deshaun Watson is very unhappy. And the reports are growing that he is furious with the organization. He wants them to be more serious about social injustice and changing the culture. This does not do it. He wants out. He was told that he would be involved in or consulted or he would be in on To some extent, maybe that that understanding was sort of lost in translation, but he thought that he would be involved in the process of choosing a general manager. He was not. Come to find out, the Texans hired a consulting firm, which they paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to do a lot of research, and they ignored the search firm's recommendations. Uh, the search firm was Corn Ferry, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, and there were two finalists. There was Lewis Riddick, a minority who you may know from his work on Monday Night Football and uh, just being on ESPN the last number of years, and the other one was Omar Khan, who was uh, with, who is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So both of those guys were the two finalists. Then Cal McNair did a. <laughs> he sharp left and went to new England Patriots, director the personnel Nick Casario. And this is bad. This is bad. It, it, this is, this is bad. And I hope, and, I, and this is the deal. I'm a native Houstonian. I want people to understand it. This is my city. I do not like the way the Texans run their organization. I never have. I haven't for a long, long time. They want to win the way they want to win. And to me, they're undertones that make me feel comf- uh, uncomfortable. There's something undefinable. I don't want to call it something that it's not. But I can tell you that I don't feel right about how they do business. So that's just, that's just me. I, I'm not alone. A lot of people feel that way. A lot of people in Houston don't uh, root for the Texans because of that sort of stuff. The authoritarian kind of stuff, the players running the asylum comment by Bob McNair, the getting rid of Dwayne Brown and sort of not wanting to engage or sign or look at players that don't fit a certain mold. And I think they thought that Deshaun Watson was just kind of the get along, the go along kind of guy. And. As he's grown into manhood, and gotten older, more mature, and in the game, realizing his power, and he signed his, his big deal. He got his money. He's proven what kind of player he is in the NFL. Since then, he's starting to be more outspoken. He was upset with the departure of DeAndre Hopkins, which was a horrible trade that will hamstring this organization for years to come. I'm saying this. I want Deshaun Watson to be freed from this. Now the rumors that that there there's a list of teams with potential that, that are potential trade partners. So let's eliminate anybody in the division. So no Jacksonville, no Indianapolis Colts. No, those are off off the table. But the deal that I looked at, and this is a a partner, a trade partner that has exploited you already, the Miami Dolphins. Maybe you can get your number one pick back and Tua Tagovailoa for. Deshaun Watson. Now, will it help ultimately help the Texans? I don't care. I really don't care. But I would like to see Deshaun Watson is a good guy and a athlete, uh, athletic superstar in this league. This dude is the, the truth. He's the man. And for them to just, you know, you're wasting his years. You're wasting opportunities for him uh, to excel in this league. And I fear that they will not give him any more support. Seeing as though he led the league in passing, he led the entire NFL in passing with sort of a hodgepodge of wide receivers. Yeah, you had Will Fuller, but is Will Fuller a proven number one? He kind of was until he he was suspended for the use of performance-enhancing drugs or banned substances, whatever, you, whatever that is. And so he, he kind of was for the first time. He stayed healthy, played well. Brandon Cooks is not a number one. You don't have a quality run game. David Johnson could not stay healthy. Duke Johnson is cool. I mean, those, those are guys. But he's done more with less than the, a lot of quarterbacks around the NFL, and that's a shame. And I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of help. I think they're going to concentrate, and rightfully so on to some regard, on the defensive side of the football, but you don't have draft picks. Not early-round draft picks, impact draft picks that you feel like you can count on first, second round. And you're not just, you don't have a lot of money under the salary cap. You still have J.J. Watt, who's aging and an eighth player in this league who's making a lot of money next year. You may get rid of him. I don't know. But I'm rooting for Deshaun Watson. I am not a fan of what the Texans have going on right now. I don't know what Cal McNair is doing. Terrence Harris and I will talk about that. Uh, We did talk about that, and you'll hear that a little bit later on. Also, in the NFL playoffs, my favorite team, consistently my favorite team over the last decade, has been the Seattle Seahawks. And they lost yesterday to the Los Angeles Rams at home. So Russell Wilson is out of the playoffs, the Rams. Golf didn't look good. That defense did. It's just that it, it was one of those things. Also, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC they advanced. They did their thing yesterday, and uh, great performance uh, by Taylor Heineke for the Washington Football Team. He played. A, he had a gutsy performance. Uh, they hung in, but uh, Tom Brady and really that offense was just too much. And uh, they eked out. Eked out is a strong word. But they uh, won that game, so they advanced. Right now, the Chicago Bears are trailing the New Orleans Saints, and the New Orleans Saints will advance. So uh, it looks like Green Bay will be taking on the Rams next week, and the Saints will be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about that? that? How's that for the next week's matchup? And, again, we have to wait for these games to go final. In the AFC, the Tennessee Titans hosted the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, they didn't get it done today. Couldn't quite get Derrick Henry going. Corey Davis got kind of hurt in that game, and he didn't. He wasn't able to finish. I thought that Tennessee got out to a great start, got out to a 10-0 lead, and had an opportunity to put that game away, had uh, a turnover, and uh, Baltimore got right back in it. And they ran away with it, and they got the victory, and they will advance. Also in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills advance in an exciting game versus the Indianapolis Colts. Phillip Rivers went out in the blaze of glory. He almost had an opportunity to tie that game, but he didn't quite get that done. So the Bills, as expected, they move forward. And one more game tonight, the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which we will talk about extensively. Uh, With Terrence Harris a little bit later on But before we get to more sports It's time that I climb aboard My soapbox When we are together we got power And now it's time to get on the soapbox So the soapbox segment is when I talk about stuff that's not sports related. Usually it's me uh, venting a little bit about one thing or another. But obviously, the big news in this country is that uh, there was a an insurrection, a, a an attack on the nation's capital incited by the president of the United States. This is real. This really really happened. And I've been going on and on about this stuff for a long time now, on and off of my various platforms. This is not, it's, it's not a surprise that the attempt was made. The surprise is that they were as successful as they were. Didn't think that that would be allowed to happen. And there are a lot of people who are going to have to answer to why it did happen. But this, I want people to, Give this the importance that it deserves. This is huge. This has never happened before, ever, ever, ever. And it makes our society, it makes our nation a lot more fragile than we once thought. A lot of people just going about their way like, oh, that's another day in the circus of Trump. But this is much, much more because we, I mean, while five people died, 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 death, at the nation's in the nation's capital, can you imagine? Had they gotten their hands on? I mean, the, the, here's the list: AOC, Pelosi, Maxine Waters. Had they gotten their hands on them? I mean, those people—they would have killed those 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 ladies, and, and they would have. Uh, I mean, they were even talking about hanging Mike Pence. So how does this happen? So I talked to Terrence about it, and some things Terrence said it, I agree with, and other things I didn't, and you'll hear. What he had to say. And I don't like during the conversation, I don't think that I sort of expressed it. I didn't, uh, I think one of his takes was that, you know, hey, for the African Americans, this is not our thing. This is, but we're all Americans. And I love this country. And while people loving the United States, the narrative has been hijacked to mean, oh, we only love white America. And because, again, make America great again, you, you hijack that polit- and use that as a political narrative that excludes so many others. So when you say, I love America, I'm proud of America, it sounds like you're siding with those who only want a certain type of America. So what I did say during that conversation, and by the way, for all African-Americans and everybody involved, everybody who loves the United States of America, that's a big deal that this is our fight now we uh, as a group specifically weren't the target but we the results of what the african-american voter turnout has been has been the target see and there's a lot of frustration for those who, who aren't african-american there's a lot of frustration in that the show of force around all the peaceful protests that happened uh, after the murder of george floyd I mean, they were so militarized and Trump threatened and oh, we want, we're a law and order country and we're going to, you know, and having an army clear the way so he can go take a picture with an upside down Bible, just the ferocity and the sort of the intimidating nature of the way they were approaching for the most part, peaceful protests. Of course those things got out of hand because you have subgroups that have nothing to do with the initial cause that hijack those moments and they create violence and all of those things. But you match that versus the sight of people being allowed in to the United States Capitol building. It's, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And I look at it like this. There are so many people who are complicit in this entire thing that need to be held accountable. In a major, major way. To me, I look at it like you have a pet lion that you feed and you groom. And you can handle the lion for a long, long time. But just like Siegfried and Roy, one day the lion gets free and is on your ass and has you by the neck. And that's what I think that the Republican Party did. They fed this lion. They tamed this line, or so they thought, to control, to turn out, voter turnout, and to get this narrative and to make money, to donate, to mobilize, to intimidate, to just be loud and define what this movement is for them. And for a long time, they had that line under control. And really, maybe Trump is the line. Maybe that is the line that they thought, yeah, he's wild, but you know, we got him. He's still in the cage. He's still on the chain. Well, he's off the chain. And that lion is eating all of you guys. It's fractured the Republican Party. But more importantly, this attempted coup, because I mean, what can you call it? What did he think was going to happen when he said the things that he said? And so what I mentioned with Terrence is that there's a fear of a uprising from black and minority people, black and brown people. They're going to rise up. You you have to suppress that. We cannot have that. We cannot have blacks and Latinos and Asians infiltrating, you know, you know the, the power positions in our society. There's a fear of a black uprising. But like I said, the uprising has never come from black people in this country. We know one time that it did, Nat Turner. That's etched in our history. <laughs> so we know that. But the firing on Fort Sumter didn't come from brothers. All of the rebellion that has ever come in this country has come from white men. And that's the irony. You have all of these people, mostly white, lower income folks, that say, oh, we want our country back. From what? <laughs> from whom? I mean, we get it. I understand the Proud Boys and all of that stuff. the The white nationalists. I get it but you're afraid of something that you are yourself. You're that they're not a a, a 10,000, 15,000 black people that are trying to storm the Capitol. That that's not going to happen. I mean, it was amazing to see. And I think about Fred Hampton, when you think about this is not ultimately what they're unhappy about. Aren't racial issues. They just don't understand that. They don't understand that. It's not about race. It's about class. So while They gather around white nationalism and they're they're sort of groomed to be that way. And the inferences are made and and sort of the undertone of some of the politicians who are just using them to distract them from the fact that, hey, the rich are getting richer in this society. It's not it's not opinion. Look at the, the numbers, the income inequality in this country. But I mean, and if you think about it. If you're not rich, why, what is your incentive to vote Republican? Honestly, because you're talking about people who want to provide uh, relief from the top down, hence the tax breaks for the top 1%. It's from the top down. So how do you get people? they are not a lot of those people. So you can't win if you just have a general election based on those things. So what you, uh, you create... Cultural conservatism, which leans towards white nationalism. The others, whether it's, and not just white or black, sometimes it's, oh, gays. We don't want, you know, for the longest it was gays. Oh, we're afraid of gays. You don't want gays teaching your kids or gay marriage. And that, that was the target for a while. But it's always been black and brown people. Hence, Trump coming in on the wall, the wall, the wall. Not... Well, he understood, but a lot of people don't understand that most people who are here illegally, most, a vast majority of those who are here illegally have overstayed their visa. So they've come over legally. The majority do not come over walls. But anyway, I say all that to say that while it will be framed as a racial issue and the actors are racially motivated in a lot of ways, they're just so misguided. And I, I, you know, if you think about some of the things Fred Hampton was saying back in the what the the '60s, before he was murdered, it's about well, you the the poor black person in the inner city has more in common with those who are struggling in rural America than the folks in rural America have in common with the one percenters. So it's crazy, but as long as they divide. They don't have to address the needs of the masses. That's why we have unprecedented numbers of folks who are in line for food, who are struggling with health care and are struggling and have to have side hustles. They talk about side hustles like that's a glorious thing. Oh, they have side hustles. Like, oh, that's cool. That's the trend side hustles. What that means is that you are not making enough money to sustain yourself in today's society with a full-time job. So people you would think in the past would have been okay, aren't anymore. So they have side hustle. So now it's sort of a trendy kind of fun. Oh, that's a side hustle. No side hustle means you, you grind it. I know about the side hustle culture and it's not cool, but it's something that we've learned to accept in the United States of America. So God bless the United States of America. Let's, that's in this, man. This is crazy. Because it's going to get worse. He needs to be in jail. He needs to be kicked out of office. Ted Cruz in that mix, too. Harley. Anybody that, that went along with this and pushed this forward, this was absolutely terrible. This was as bad as you can think. We are very, very close to some instability that we are not prepared for in American society. So... I think, I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic about it. I think it'll be okay. But we have a lot on our plate that we have to, to fix. And it starts with educating ourselves and each other. Because you hear some of the most crazy <laughs> statements coming coming from those people. It's crazy. And they, they're fed this. And uh, it's just, I can go on, but I won't going to take a time out to hear a word from our sponsor, Cobain Homes. And by the way, my opinions do not reflect those of Cobain Homes or any of the guests that ever appear on this podcast. Those opinions are mine and mine alone. You can give me some feedback on that. 832-941-6614. You can hit me up on Twitter or on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Hit me up and let me know what you think. And maybe we'll uh, take some phone calls. And hear what you guys have to say about all of this as well. Cobank Holmes is coming up, and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix, and Terrence Harris on the other side and on the world. This is Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. For more content, go to WadeWordProductions.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. If you have music... By the way, music from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and if you want your music heard, if you're a DJ, if you're an artist, if you uh, know an artist that would like their music played on the podcast, email us at music at wagewordproductions.com. that's music at com, and uh, submit your music. The genre doesn't matter, we just want to hear from you guys, we'll put a snippet at the halfway point, and an extended portion of a mix, or an entire song at the end of the podcast. so that is that. Back to like me being on my soapbox. I mean, I am a lot more measured than I was initially because, like Terrence, uh, he is about to say, <laughs> about to hear from King T in just a second. Not totally surprised by what happened. Just surprised by the level of success and how they were allowed. And we'll find that the uh, we may find some um, some conspirators. Uh, in high places that allowed that to get as far as it did but a very scary time very upsetting because uh, you know for those of us who hadn't had that kind of adversity in our lifetimes which is most of us it's an unbelievable thing to see so with that want to get into our conversation we had a couple days ago with our guy you know him from the Houston Defender an established accomplished writer sports writer from publications all over the country but right now the Houston Defender our guy Terrence Harris. King T is back again with a new topic. And for the first time in 2021, our guy, King T, Terrence Harris is aboard to talk a number of things in and around the world of football. How are you? Happy New Year and all that good stuff.
1: Oh, man. Happy New Year to you, too. I'm just feeling blessed, man. I mean, you know, to make it out of 2020. I mean, I just, it wasn't no good. I mean, you know down to 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 the wire i mean I, I mean you know i was just excited when i saw 2021 come in i couldn't believe it
0: yeah, it, yeah, it's uh, we, we made it, but it hadn't gotten a, a whole lot better. And I want to get into that. But first and foremost, I want to say it here on the podcast. I texted you and I told you this. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate your contributions on the podcast. And uh, I really am grateful for your contributions and you making yourself available to have these conversations because, hey, people want to hear a different perspective and they want to hear from credible sources. And you are certainly that. So I want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your uh, support and for you, being available as much as you were in twenty twenty uh, in twenty twenty, and hopefully you will be a- as well in twenty twenty one. So I want to oh, get that way. Thank
1: you. Hey, y'all, like I said in, in the text, you know, you're more than welcome. I'm proud to do it, man. You know, um, I love doing stuff for us. You know, and, and making sure that you know we're being heard we're being seen and we're doing great work and uh and so i i just you know anything that i see that i you know where i see great work being done i see people with passion i want to help them i mean i want to be a part of what what they're doing i mean i have no no problem doing that at all and as you can tell i mean i enjoy doing this with you so Anytime, man. And like I said, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it rolling in 2021 for sure.
0: Yeah, and speaking of 2021, you think you know everybody thought the the calendar would turn and we would be in in this magical world, this utopia. But you know, we've seen that the COVID has gotten worse, and it will be. And I mean, although the vaccines are rolling out, but also, and one reason why we delayed this week was because. They tried to take over the government. <laughs> what are your thoughts about these traitors who tried to overtake and overrun the, the Capitol building? I thought it was interesting, man. I
1: did. I really did. I, I watched in amazement, uh, you know, as as it unfolded. But what I was probably more amazed at were all of the the conversations that were being had in in the media and on TV, the interviews and also social media where people were saying, this is not the America that I know. This is this, this is that. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I hate to say it, but no, this is exactly the America I've always known. nothing, Nothing that, nothing that transpired there surprised me. I mean, first of all, the fact that they, they they let this president go for this long and, and you know, and, and, and go basically unchecked, unallowed to just be completely unhinged to say some things that no leader should ever have been able to say and I mean, he's been inciting rise and inciting violence for years now. It didn't just start. I mean, this was the culmination of it because this is this is the ending of his term. So it did get to to the next level. But this guy has been doing this and setting the stage for this for years. This so this type of, of, of reaction because these people who are following him are just I mean they're they're, they're blind. They're, they're not very intelligent. They they are you know they they can't think for themselves. And they they're looking for something to latch on to and they found somebody who's talking to their souls. I mean, and let's be let's be real with this. Let's call it what it is. Most of these people are racist who are following this guy and he and they and he is feeding their souls, and he knows it. And the worst part about it is, guess what? He don't care about any of them. He
0: sure doesn't. <laughs>
1: he does not. And they've never quite got got that. He doesn't identify with them. He's just using them because they are his base. He's, he's playing the businessman game right now, and they don't get it. I will get in bed with whoever I got to get in bed with. To get what get I get want. Me to, where I, to get where I need to go.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what he's doing. Yeah. He yeah. knows that the intellectually smart people would not follow him for long they may listen to him because they think that he's this brilliant businessman but once they figure out he's really not that they let him go too that's why his whole party right now is is is, is in this is in disarray i mean and 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 people are jumping off this boat faster than you can believe i mean which i think is a great thing for 2024 that's why we won't have to deal with this kind of lunacy one
0: anymore Well, I think we'll have to deal with it, but it'll be in a different form and it won't be him. And this is what I say it all the time. He's a paper champ. Once he loses that title, he's nothing. And watch them run from him. I've said this for the longest. And a number of things stood out to me. It happens sort of in the Middle East and in third world countries where you had these dictators, they take over and they convince the, the, the masses, hey, I might live in a golden palace and I might walk on diamond shoes, but it's not my fault that you're broke. It's not my fault that I got billions of dollars and you have nothing. It's America's fault. It's somebody else's fault. And Trump is, he's riding that third rail of racism to make all of these rural Americans whose jobs disappear, not because of black people, not because of Hispanics, because people took jobs overseas americans a lot of them white these corporations took jobs overseas now you don't have the same lifestyle you don't have the union jobs that you can put your kids in college in you can get a car every four or five years and you can retire comfortably it's not black people's fault it's not it's not uh, biden's fault it's not hispanic's fault this is what they have done by just really selling off america at a profit and so they can save money and the stockholders can make more money because even in the pandemic, the folks with the money made more money, while the rest of us, you know, oh, i they need to let us work. Instead of you guys rallying to make your government accountable and saying, look, y'all need to bail us out. Instead of them doing that, what do they do instead? They said, hey, we want to go back to work. So, I mean, it's layers to this, but my... What I said is there's so many people complicit in this because you normalize his behavior. You should have called a liar a liar from day one. They were so reluctant to use that term, liar. They were so, this, well, we want to be fair and balanced. No, a lie is a lie. That's fair and that's balanced. You don't have to have a, create a false equivalence. Oh, well, the Democrats do this and the Republicans do that. That's sort of just the way D.C. is. No, no. What he's done has been abnormal. And the irony of it is, Everybody is afraid of black people rising up, but black people did not start the civil war. White people <laughs> that started the civil war. And so it's always been ironic to me that there's a fear of the black man and sort of leading this this charge to overthrow the government. We saw it over the summer with Black Lives Matter. You're afraid of them, that's why you have riot gear and everybody else, you have, you know, armies out there to protect stuff when Black Lives Matter rally. But the irony is you're afraid of the black men the treason comes from white men. It always has in this country. It always has.
1: No doubt. No doubt. I so, mean, like I said,
0: it. so what do you think the role of the athletes will be moving forward? Obviously, Kyrie, Kyrie's upset, and a number of them are upset, and we've seen sort of a churning up of the same sort of uh, energy in the sports world that we saw previously uh, with the black lives matter. What do you think will happen with athletes moving forward?
1: Well, I think that they should still continue to use this platform that they have to make sure that their voices and their point of views are heard. I mean, I think that, you know, the establishment of this has, has been phenomenal. I mean, and moving away from the, the the whole Michael Jordan era of hey, Republicans play, you know, by basketball shoes too. I think, you know, to be able to stand up and understand that this will not hurt your brand. This will not hurt your 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 ability to market your goods or your name or whatever. I mean, look, this has not hurt LeBron James in any, any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, it hasn't hurt Kyrie, you know, or any of these guys. I mean, so you do have a voice, I mean, and use it. Don't be afraid. I think every day. I mean, unfortunately, the brother will be used as more of a martyr. But I think every day we understand more and more how right Colin Kaepernick was, and and taking the position that he did, and understanding, that, you know, how brave this man was because he knew what he was giving up, what he was sacrificing, and he still did it. And for that, you know, you have to always applaud him. And I think athletes have to understand you got a greater job out here than to just run, catch, and jump. I mean, you know, you you can do some other things, and so I just been. It's been good to see that, and I hope that that continues. And it seems like it is. I mean, you're seeing the demonstrations on the basketball floor right now each night, and I think that that's good. But you know, but the one thing that I want, I want us to not get caught up. With. We don't need to be, you know, kneeling and be upset about what happened at the Capitol. That wasn't about us. That ain't got nothing to do with us. But what we need to be more concerned about is what just happened in, up in Kenosha, you know, Wisconsin, where this man who clearly on T—I I mean, you know, we we saw it on TV. He shot this man in the back Jacob several Blake. times.
0: Yeah, Jacob Blake. Yeah. yeah uh-huh.
1: And so, you know, we, we watched him shoot this guy in the back. We, we got, And he's not going to face any type of criminal, criminal uh, charges. Yeah. You know, and I just think that that's ridiculous. I mean, because where I think that cop and those other cops went wrong that day is they had a chance to to stop Jacob Blake before he ever got to his car and they didn't
0: Yeah, you right. Know, and, and, that and, was, and they did look, we all yeah. know we, I, don't, I think we you and I may have talked about this if you in an yeah. altercation you don't ever let somebody get to their ride either you run or you stop them before they get there you never before let get somebody to get to the ride if yeah. they pop the trunk one thing yeah. I know, him, you know, because you probably grew up in a hood like mine. You don't let them get to the trunk. If they go right, for the you trunk, don't them, you don't let
1: them get to the <laughs> trunk. If they say I'm going to my house, you don't let them get in their house. You take care of them before they get to their door. So you know you know you, no, you don't don't give don't give somebody a chance because once they get inside, our best could be off. But that's that's what the problem was. Now, and I've always said, I mean, like with Blake, I do wish that that brother had not gone to his car. Oh, he made suicides. a, oh, yeah. That's
0: a teachable moment for, for black yeah, men. Yeah, you don't I mean, walk you know, away from no cops like they won't shoot you. They damn sure will.
1: Right, and then you walk in, th- and then you bend over in your door. At that point, all bets are off. I mean, you know, because that, that cop is trying to get home, too. I mean, and we have to understand that. I mean, and so, you know, but I think that there were many things that could have been done before he got there, and that should have been done.
0: Well, and we, probably- that probably
1: that that situation would never have escalated the way that it did. But those are the things that we got to be more concerned about right now. Is this continu- continuation of police officers not being held responsible for their actions? When they harm and kill black
0: people, and and I'll say this too, and this is also this moment at the Capitol, it, it's about us to the extent of look at what happens when black people turn out and vote. And because again, I don't think things would have got as bad as they did if the Republicans had won the Senate the day before. Remember, they had just lost the Senate. Stacey Abrams is an American hero, and we should recognize what our power has done when black people turned out to vote for Obama they changed the world. When black people voted to get Trump out, they changed the world. When they voted in Georgia, and and I I just don't want that to be lost on the fact that, hey, people do not want black people to vote. And I I just don't want people to lose sight of that and the importance of being a part of democracy because it makes a difference. So let me shift gears here and get to some other sports stuff. Cause it's a big week in the NFL and here in Houston, a lot of stuff has been going on with Deshaun Watson or his, uh, his reported displeasure with the hiring of Nick Casario uh, as the general manager of the Houston Texans. You just got out of the press conference, the uh, the video conference. With Casario being introduced as the general manager, uh, you heard from several people in the organization. What are your takeaways from the meetings, uh, from the the press conferences? You uh, the press conference you just left.
1: Well, let me say this first and foremost: I don't think that we can go pat we can go beyond this being a rumor that 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 uh, Deshaun is upset or bothered. Cal McNair basically, you know, he he pretty much confirmed it today. What did he say? Because. Because what he said, and I thought this was, this was interesting. No, he did not do what he said he was going to do, which was consult Deshaun beforehand about these moves. So he tried to consult and talk with with Deshaun after the move had been made. So guess what he did? He called Deshaun, and guess what happened? Deshaun didn't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Deshaun, I'm on vacation. So, 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 Cal said, "Well, I guess maybe I'll hear from him when he's done with his vacation." I think not. I think, I think, what Deshaun is going to do is say, "You know something? I don't have anything to say to you, and I, I don't even want to hear what you have to say because you showed me what your word is about." You showed me what you think of me and my opinion and my thoughts about making a move that you did. It ain't got nothing to do. There's nothing personal against Nick. I mean, Nick turned out to be the greatest guy in the world. As a matter of fact, I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for him because guess what? He's from Cleveland.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> you know, he,
1: he's, he's from Cleveland. You know, he went uh, to the private school that's in my neighborhood, basically in my neighborhood, University School. And then he went on to play for John Carroll. You know, you you like this guy. You know, I mean, you, you, I mean he's a likable guy, but at the same time, I mean, the thing that kept jumping out at me during the whole conference call and listening to him and watching his mannerisms, watching how he spoke, you know, and, the, and, and, and all of the references of a relative to relative to relative to. Who does that sound like? Real Brown? It sounds like the guy, it sound, it sound like the guy he's, he's replacing because he's a carbon copy. He's coming from where that guy came from. You didn't change the story. You know, you didn't go out and do something different. You went on and basically hired the guy who's coming after the guy that you just fired.
0: Yeah, and, and and this is what I look at, and this is what is so disappointing for me is you wanted a change in culture, you wanted some uh, some diversity, you wanted to you wanted them to look at a different kind of energy for that organization. I did, and so I'm not particularly rooting for Nick Casario. I I don't know him. I don't you know I don't care. It just seems like more of the same because this is the only organization that did not request an interview. Of Eric Bien-Aimé. Now, whether you want to hire him or not, that, that does not matter at all. What you can't dispute is that offense is one of the best offenses in the last 10 years in the NFL. It's innovative. They do things better than anyone else in the NFL offensively. And, and yes, a lot of that is personnel, but it's a lot of creativity using the talent to make the most out of what they do best. And so uh, to me, it just seems like it's this way it is. And I don't want to get into terms, but it just seems like this is exactly what we've been through. I'm not optimistic at all. They want a certain type of guy. They don't want to win. I think every team wants to win. They just want to win their way. And that that really offends me as a, a Houstonian because it's never been like that before. Say what you want about Bud Adams. He was incompetent, but he wanted to win. He brought in a black quarterback. He brought in two quarter- black quarterbacks. He brought he paid made Warren Moon the highest paid player in the NFL. He drafted Steve McNair. He he made a ton of mistakes, but every he had whoever he thought was that, that he wanted to pay to win games. He did want to win. These guys seem to just want to win a certain type of way and that's just not the way to do it in my opinion.
1: Well, I I I think that, and I'll go on record saying this. I mean, and I, I don't. I just think that Cal McNair is just so in over his head that it's not funny, and 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 it's gonna put this franchise, and it's about to put it into a tailspin like we've never seen before. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have a phenomenal quarterback, but he's not gonna have anything to work with. I mean, you know, this job wasn't attractive in the first place. You know, to be completely honest and real with you, because of what what they allow Bill O'Brien to do in tearing this thing down by giving away all of that talent. And they're turning around and giving away your first and second round picks. And then they're going to be both top five. They're going to be at the top five in each round in both rounds. Yeah. And I mean, and that's uh, that's, that's depressing.
0: That's depressing. Yeah, that's depressing.
1: When you coming off a four and twelve season, that that's what you're looking at. I mean, come on, man.
0: Miami and, are looking and, like and geniuses it, now, and, 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 <laughs> and, and right,
1: yeah, you know, they're looking like huge geniuses, you know, Einsteins. But you know, here's the thing, you know, like I like people are mad at the at the Texans for not not requesting an interview with Eric the Enemy. I'm saying thank you because this is not a good job. This is not a good place to come. And it's just like, you know, words coming out now that the the Colts defensive coordinator turned down an opportunity to interview with the Texans as well. I mean, he's interviewing with others this week, but he didn't interview with the Texans because they see it. They see what's going on. They see the level of incompetency that starts at the top. I mean, and then you have a guy, and Jack used to be who, his DNA says nothing about he's gonna be a good football man. Yeah, he, this he dude was like a
0: preacher. <laughs> he was like a yeah, deacon I mean, in the yeah, church. Exactly.
1: but but guess what? He comes from he comes from the Patriots where where Nick comes from. And guess what? Nick loves this guy. And as a matter of fact what it looks like Jack did is he he convinced Cal to hire a guy who would save his high. Yeah, you know that—that's what his is backside, this- and that's what he did. I mean, Nick Nick is, is not going to get rid of Jack because he he likes Jack, he respects Jack. They're friends. They they you know he's helped Nick uh, in in some areas over the years, as Nick just admitted to during this conference call. So guess what? He's not going anywhere. And this guy has been apparently one of the biggest problems in this organization—the guy that nobody trusts.
0: Yeah, he sows the seeds mean, of division. Been, yeah, yeah.
1: And so I mean, let me and, ask and, you this:
0: uh, Of the six jobs that are uh, that are available, is the Texans' job the worst job of those six? When you yes, look at, easily. It? Yeah, easily. I, I think so too. Because you yeah. with the charges, you have Justin Herbert, who's uh, man. This dude is the truth. You have the number yeah. one pick in Jacksonville. Uh, when you look at the Atlanta Falcons, they have a lot of offensive talent already there. I mean, you look at the Jets; you have Sam Darnold, and you know you have some pieces there. If you can get some competent coaching, so uh, yeah, I think uh, Detroit. Detroit may be the the, the one that the, the Texans are competitive with because no, you I,
1: I think Detroit. I think Detroit's a little bit better. I mean, well, because, I don't know what's gonna happen with Matt Stafford.
0: You know, so. because
1: because you, you you got they got their first and second round picks.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, dude, yeah, yeah. you can't
1: you can't fix yourself in the situation that the, that these guys find themselves in right now. You just cannot fix yourself, and and, and so. You got a problem, and, not, and then you got your franchise quarterback who's unhappy and want and wants to be traded months after he just signed a four year, hundred sixty million dollar contract extension. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man, we got they got problems here. Houston, you have a problem, you right.
0: know? Right, right. So I want to shift gears before we let you get out of here. Last thing thing I want to get into. Both of your Ohio teams are, are, are doing Ooh. work, except COVID is uh, is gonna go. Maybe they may go two and zero versus. Uh, the ohio teams in the next uh few days here uh, obviously man i know congratulations as a browns fan for making it to the playoffs it, it, i know you guys are excited about that only to be met with the news that coach kevin stefanski and the what well, he has COVID, he can't coach a number of other guys can't coach or play and the facility even today, is closed down, so not one day of practice on the field before heading into your first playoff game in forever. What are your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns and, and the bittersweet week that they've had?
1: Well, here, here it is, man. Here, here are a couple of things, people, you have to think about. I mean, now, A, I think the NFL, if they, if they had any heart whatsoever – they would push this game back to Tuesday. You know, I mean, that, that's just what should happen, right? But it's not. It's not. I mean, you know, or you should make make an exception of if, if Stefanski wants to coach, bring him in that stadium, uh, through a back door somewhere, put him in a in a and one of those boxes is being that isn't being used right now, and let him coach his team. But the NFL are not going to do that either. So here it is, you know, so we, we, we know what the play is. We got to go out there and win anyways. And, and, and then at this stage of the game, guys, also at this point, nobody's really practicing hard. You can't practice these guys hard after a long, grueling season. So really it's, it's a mental preparation kind of game. Anyways, at this point, it's not about the physical part of, the, of it at all. I mean, you plan a conference opponent who you've already played twice Shouldn't be a whole lot of surprises about what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. So you know what you're dealing with there. Yeah, you know, it's just a matter of really looking at the film and cleaning up some of the things that you 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 messed up this past week against these guys, and knowing that it could be a lot. It's going to be a lot tougher because guess what? A lot of the real players who didn't play are going to be playing this week.
0: Yeah. Do you uh, so, do you think Cleveland can win this game?
1: Yes, I do. I do. I believe it wholeheartedly. I think they'll win it. I mean, this is a game. This is a game of of want to, man. I mean, you know, you you gotta want to go out there and whoop these guys. You gotta understand. I think you know what, what what always made this rivalry great is really the best team, per se, ever usually win these games. It was a team that wanted to kick the other team's butt more. It was one that disliked you more who had a little more honoriness to them. That's the team that usually won is won these games between the Steelers and the Browns. So hopefully we're getting back to that. You know, I think we have an emotional uh, quarterback who I think can get people riled up. I think, you know, Landry and, and all of these guys, I mean, you know, I think that they, you know, the Ward, they don't like, and and, and, and I forget Miles Garrett. I mean, they don't like the Steelers. So we got to just kind of carry that with us onto the football field. And guess what? There's no home field advantage in this one because there are no fans. Yeah. So let's go play.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and so what? Uh, r- real quick, <laughs> want to give you an opportunity. Well, big big upset for Ohio State uh, beating Clemson. But, again, COVID is really, really wreaking havoc on them. Justin Fields is not 100%, although they say he's doing a little bit better. Uh, any prediction in the national championship game?
1: Yeah, we're going to win it. I mean, you know, first of all, and, and because here's the thing. You said it was an upset. That was no upset, man. You know, Dalbo Sweeney, we, we should, I think I said that the, the, the Ohio State Buckeyes should have gave him the game ball on the field. Because him running his big mouth, ranking us 11th, that's what, you know, that's what motivated these guys to go out there and smash him. But the way that the, the Buckeyes beat up on Clemson, that wasn't no upset. An upset <laughs> is when you went by a, a touchdown or something. They smashed. They dismantled those guys. I mean, pretty much every time we touched the ball in, in critical situations, we scored. You know, So, no, that, that was not an upset. That was, a, that was a, a good old country. Here you go. Y'all just had you, – your voters, y'all had it wrong. This is why they need to end this whole – college playoff voting system let's go let's 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 just line it up and do it like this all five uh, all five uh, power five champions and three at large bids let's let's have a playoff these voters don't know what they're talking about. They they don't know how to evaluate
0: these guys. <laughs> so, yeah, well, like I said, so they'll beat Bama and the way they beat Clemson.
1: We come, we come, we coming for Bama like we did a couple years ago in in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, during the, during the quarterfinal when when Bama was supposed to be great and Cardell Jones, it's just something different about us Ohio guys, man. We <laughs> we just line up and we play and we we hit you in your mouth. I mean, we we don't worry about who favored or anything like that. We show up to play because hey, guess what? Ain't nothing easy in Ohio.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask no, you nothing this: Nothing come easy to us. <laughs> let me ask you this: Give me your Super Bowl picks before the start of the playoffs, uh, AFC, NFC. Oh man, well, I mean, you got to go with you got to go with the chefs, the Chiefs. I okay. mean, you know, you, gotta, right. you know,
1: you, you got to go with them. NFC. And then the NFC, I mean, right now, you're looking at how Aaron Rodgers has been playing, and he has Green Bay playing. It's hard not to pick them, I mean, so. And I would love to see a good old, old-fashioned Green Bay, Kansas City yeah. Super Bowl. I NFL mean, I, I versus
0: think, AFL. Yeah, the first Super
1: Bowl yeah. ever. Yeah. Yep. So yep. that's what I'm talking about. Let's let's have a real throwback and let them go at it, man. Give
0: me one dark horse that could get there from either conference. Name a dark horse either conference.
1: Well, you know where I'm going with this one, don't you?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna pick the browns the, the cleveland browns baby
1: cleveland browns <laughs> i'm telling you if we get past saturday and all of the adversity we've gone through you know to get through this game or sunday right
0: who who, who voted against us
1: you <laughs> i think everybody if you want i to. think
0: everybody is voting against you except for those you, from you cleveland
1: can pick against us if you want to <laughs> that's what i'm gonna say
0: so where are you watching the game? How do you watch these big games where you're emotionally you know invested?
1: You know something, I do it one or two ways. I mean, sometimes I sit at home and watch it, but then I, there's this spot uh, off uh, off of uh, uh, two forty nine in Louetta called Stats, and it's a Browns backers bar, man, and it's great. And we show up there and we show out. Well, hey, you- on Sundays, man, we show. You know they got an outside patio because I don't really like being that that much up on people, so I can be outside, you know, with my drink and my and my cigar and just enjoying the game. I ain't high fiving nobody no more. We ain't doing it. You know, you just kind of you know give it a heads up and keep it moving. But you know, it's great, man. Well, I but think... the whole bar, come on out if y'all if y'all ain't if y'all ain't afraid y'all want to have a good time and see how real fans act. Come on out to stats. But well, also go to go out to Times Square up in Katy off off of ten. Uh, you know, that guy he is he has a great he has a great spot and uh and he's from Cleveland. He does a great job with the games on, on, on Sundays too. Go check them out too. I mean, but yeah, we, we have a great time, man. We kick it.
0: Well, hey, I tell you what, they need to advertise on the podcast if Cleveland keeps winning.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, man, we we, we we can do it, you know.
0: But, but look, man, I hope uh, I hope you have a good weekend, a good Sunday and Monday uh, rooting for your teams, man. How can folks man, reach you? You just
1: got me excited. So, yeah, <laughs> I can you know hear it. I'm, 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 I'm
0: in party mode already now. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. How can folks reach yeah. you on social media?
1: Man, come on out and, and check me out on Twitter. Say what's up to me at Terrence Harris on, on Twitter. That's my handle. Say what's up. Follow me. You know, talk to me. You know, I, 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 I'm a friendly guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, man, we appreciate you as always, and we look forward to seeing how these things turn out, and we'll try to catch up with you next week.
1: Sounds like a plan, brother. Take care.
0: For more content, go to WaveWordProductions.com. I want to thank a guy from Houston defender, Terrence Harris. Always enjoy his takes, boy. He is excited about his Cleveland Browns, and rightfully so. Well, with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you. You big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, this time out, more insurrectionist or would be insurrectionist traitors to the United States of America. Or at least uh, he he may not have gone that far, but I have a feeling that he was on board with what went on in the nation's capital. If you want to piss me off, this is a good way to do it. You go after an American hero, a United States hero, somebody who will be talked about for generations for what she did in the 2020 election, for what she did, how many people she registered, and I'm talking about none other uh, than Stacey Abrams. If you go in on Stacey Abrams. I got a problem. And guess who did this? This recipient of the Lamont Award. Tennessee Chattanooga assistant football coach Chris Malone was fired after a racist tweet in which he mocked Georgia politician and voting rights activist Stacey Abrams. So that right there, without even hearing what he has to say, Lamont. Because this woman is above reproach, even if you don't agree with her politics. Because what you want in America, if you believe in the United States of America, you believe in a true democracy. And a true democracy allows every voice to be heard. Every voice to be heard. And we know that a lot of people don't want every voice heard, hence a lot of voter suppression, where they suppress the vote. They make it hard. They make it difficult for people to cast their vote and for people to be heard. Well, Stacey Abrams, when she found a lot of voter suppression in her run for the governor of the state of uh, Georgia, she said, you know what, instead of me having sour grapes, I'm gonna roll, which I'm sure she was bitter about, she rolled up her sleeves and got to work and registered hundreds of thousands of new voters. And she activated those people in Georgia, Georgia. And again, whether you don't want Biden to be president or not, you want everybody to be hurt. And some people just cannot accept that the masses don't share their opinion. They just can't accept it. Chris Malone cannot accept it. So this is what dumb <laughs> tweeted quote, congratulations to the state of Georgia and fat Albert And Stacey Abrams, because you have truly shown America the true works of cheating in an election again, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, end quote. And then he went on to say, quote, enjoy the big buffet, girl. You earned it. Hope the money was good. Still not governor, exclamation point, end quote. He since deleted his Twitter account. Too late, dumb. You out of there. You're fired. And again, Stacey Abrams will be be heralded as a a true American hero for fighting for democracy, which is what we're supposed to believe in as Americans. So I'm glad that you got fired. I hope this haunts you. I wish I had your picture. I want, maybe if you hear this, post his picture on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page on Facebook. We need to know what this (laughs) looks like. So him and the horse he rode in on you stupid son of a you are a big dummy you big dummy (laughs) (laughs) so if you want to get me heated this is the way to do it because again don't even you go after what like this is this is the epitome of stupidity when you go after what you say you believe in if you love America, what is America? What's the greatest thing about America? The two greatest things about America are democracy and diversity. Really. Okay. No other country has what we have because of diversity and democracy. And if you love America, you are for diversity and democracy. I mean, that's at the, uh, at the essence, that's the definition of what it means to be an American. And so you go after a woman. I mean, with low-hanging uh, low fruit sort of insults to go after this lady who is a remarkable woman. I'm telling you, man, I applaud this lady. I wanted her for the longest to be VP. And then I realized in, in discussions I had with friends that Kamala would be the most logical choice. on an L, Or it was either her or Stacey Abrams. Uh, but they got Georgia because of her. And uh, really, they flipped the Senate. Because of her. But regardless if you agree with that or not, you have to agree with the fact that you want people in America, as many people as possible, to have their voices heard. That's what democracy is. Now, if you lose, the way to handle that is persuade your fellow man or work in elections to have people's opinions change. What you don't do is storm the Capitol to try to ruin democracy. Because if it starts with violence, the violence will continue. And that's what the, that's what Trump and all of those need to, to, uh, to understand. Once you start that ball rolling, it's going to keep rolling because even those who fought for you will soon fight against you. Look at any kind of coup that's happened in history. Once the coup is in place, after a little while Somebody else wants to, hey, they're not happy. So they figure, hey, we got here with violence. Let's get to the next place with violence. So we don't want that. We don't want that at all. Just please read a book, Chris Malone. Read a book. But you have no place on a football team anyway. And I'm glad Tennessee Chattanooga fired him. And these uh, young student athletes coming out of high school need to do their research on who they're going to play for. And these parents need to do their research. Who are you trusting your child's uh, career and education to do your research? So, with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, I want to thank Cobank Holmes. I want to thank all of those who uh, have gone on to Liberapay. L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y. One word, Liberapay, and made a contribution. Again, you can go and search for my name, D-E-V-A-N-W-A-D, or Sports Talk with Devin Wade No. Spaces in between, and you should be able to find that. You can make a contribution, a small contribution monthly. You can do a one-time contribution. Uh, whatever you want to do, whatever you feel comfortable doing, we certainly appreciate it. Want to thank Cobank homes Want to thank all of you guys for subscribing, liking, participating. Please give us a call, 832-941-6614. Thank you, Terrence Harris. And as always, remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got- Got no money three i'm not harboring any fugitives from justice and four five. this has been the sports talks with devin wade podcast remember you can follow him on twitter at wade's word thank you for listening